Okay, so I've got less than 20 minutes this morning, so no time for any jokes. Tried to sound a little bit disappointed at that. So this morning's talk is, what is this thing called baptism? And I've got six points. Great value for money, wouldn't you say? Most churches, you only get three points. So, number one, baptism is part of becoming a Christian. After Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to heaven came the day of Pentecost and there's this incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit just as Jesus said in Acts chapter 2. And there are thousands of people in the crowd that day and Peter who's one of Jesus' disciples he stands up and he explains why this is happening and who Jesus is. And he preaches the very first sermon in the history of the church which I calculate from the text, took three minutes, 45 seconds, approximately. So who thinks that we should follow biblical precedent in our sermon length in Aylesbury Vineyard? Pagans. (laughs) Anyway, it says this. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? In other words, what do I do to become a follower of Jesus? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and to those who are far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. So Peter says there are three things involved here. Two of them are down to you. You just need to do them. And the other is down to God. He will do that. Number one is repent and turn to God. That's down to you. Repent just means change your mind about how you're going to live. Turn around and go in a different direction with God in charge instead of you in charge. And number two is be baptised for the forgiveness of your sins. That is also down to you. And notice here that these are commands, not suggestions. They are showing God and showing other people that you are so serious about following Jesus that you're even willing to do something silly, like being dunked into a big bath of ice-cold water. Actually, it's not ice-cold. That was just a little joke. Don't worry. And then number three, this one is down to God. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, of course, God Himself, along with the Father and the Son. He's the person of God, the presence of God in this world and in our lives. It's through the Holy Spirit that God comes into our life. And that is what the gift of the Holy Spirit means the presence of God in our life. So that is the one, two, three of how to become a Christian, according to that first ever sermon in the early church, even if it was only three minutes, 45 seconds. And do you see here who this is talking about? Each of you, all of you, everyone, in other words, all who have been called into a relationship with Jesus. And if you're worried that that might not include you, there is no need to be. The Bible is crystal clear on that. 
John 1.12 says, to all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. So maybe this is a good moment just to quickly clear up one other thing. And that is the reason that we don't baptise babies. Or I should say, the reason that we encourage dedication instead. And the reason for that is simply because a baby isn't in a position to say yes to those three things that Peter says we should do. We can't do those things for them or to them. So instead, dedication is the parents saying that we want to do all that we can to bring up our child in such a way that they have every opportunity to decide for themselves to follow Jesus when they're older. And that is by us showing our child who God is and what he's like and modelling to them what being in a relationship with God looks like in our lives. By us making it a priority to be part of a church and learning about faith. You see, our children will never understand what it means to put Jesus first in their lives if they're not seeing us as parents putting Jesus first in our lives. For example, when we are thinking about the options for what we're going to do on a Sunday morning. Kids are very perceptive. If we as parents fit church around other stuff in our lives, if and when it's convenient as just one option that week amongst many, then what that is teaching them is that it's okay for them to fit Jesus around their lives and the other stuff as an option when it's convenient for them when they grow up. You see, Proverbs 22.6 works both ways around. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. They will do what their parents did. So going back to those three things that Peter was talking about, why as Christians do we so often get the order wrong? Why do we leave out that be baptised bit in the middle? Or why do we wait and leave it until years later? Good question. And that's one for each of us to maybe ask ourselves if we haven't been baptised yet. So that's point number one. Baptism is part of becoming a Christian. It's something that we are told to do and it's for everyone. Number two, baptism should happen straight away. So in the early church in the book of Acts, we see people believing and being baptised. Believing and being baptised. In Acts chapter 8, the Holy Spirit tells one of the disciples, a guy called Philip, to go to the desert road which runs from Jerusalem through to Gaza. He doesn't tell him why. And when Philip gets there, he runs into the finance minister of Ethiopia, a VIP. And this guy's in a chariot and he's reading aloud from Isaiah 53 about the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit says to Philip, go over and walk alongside. And this very important man asks Philip to join him in the chariot to explain what Isaiah is talking about, where it says this. So beginning with this same scripture, Isaiah 53, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water and the man said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptised? 
So however it was that Philip was explaining the good news about Jesus, whatever it was that he said, it obviously included the importance of being baptised. The man says, look, there's some water, why can't I be baptised? And Philip said, don't be silly, of course you can't be baptised now, you need to go to baptism classes. You need to feel that it's right for you. You need to pray about it. You need to be a Christian for a few years first. No, he didn't say any of that, did he? What did he say? Of course you can, Philip said. He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptised him. So number one, baptism is part of becoming a Christian. It's a command and it's for everyone. Number two, baptism should happen straight away. Look, here's some water. Why can't I be baptised? Answer, you can. And that is true of us here this morning, if anyone is brave enough in a little while. Number three, even Jesus was baptised. Now that sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? Because we've just seen that uh, this one, two, or three of, of baptism involves repentance, forgiveness, and receiving the Holy Spirit. But of course, Jesus didn't need to repent. He didn't need forgiveness. And he was already full of the Holy Spirit. So it's hardly surprising that when Jesus comes to see his cousin, John the Baptist, in the wilderness, where he's been baptizing people, and Jesus says, please would you baptise me too, John doesn't want to. In Matthew 3 it says, Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptised by John, but John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptised by you, he said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Another translation of this says, it's right for us to do this. It's the right thing to do. So John agrees to baptise him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So if it was the right thing for Jesus, even when he didn't need to, how much more is it the right thing for us? And we see here in this passage another connection between being baptised and the Holy Spirit coming upon us. In this case, empowering Jesus for his ministry, which is about to begin. And just like with Jesus, I think God the Father says to us as well, when we're baptised, this is my dearly loved son, and daughter who brings me great joy. And also like Jesus, I think we can expect a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit empowering us for life and ministry. So number one, baptism is part of becoming a Christian. Number two, baptism should happen straight away. Number three, even Jesus was baptised. And then number four, in baptism we die. That's a a bit morbid, isn't it? Not many uh, jokes in that one. But, you know, it's a picture of what is happening when we go down into the water. We're identifying with Jesus in his death on the cross. And then when we come up again 
And generally, people do come up again. Trust me, uh, accidents are extremely rare. When we come up again, that is a picture of us being resurrected with Jesus to a brand new life. Now, obviously, uh, baptism can be a bit embarrassing. But what it's saying is, I am not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of looking a bit silly. I'm willing to identify myself with Jesus publicly by doing the thing that he told us to do. And being baptised is what gives us assurance about heaven and the life to come. We died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. One of the early church fathers, Athanasius, famously said, Jesus became as we are so that we could become as he is. In other words, he came to share in our mortal life so that we would be able to share in his immortal life. And baptism is where that exchange takes place. In Colossians, you were buried with Christ when you were baptised, and with him you were raised to new life. And then in Titus, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. So actually, I didn't really say it quite right when I said, in baptism, we die. We do die with Jesus to our old life, but we're also resurrected with Jesus to a new life through the power of the Holy Spirit with our past left behind us, with all of its pain and its failings and its shame. And let me just say that when, when it talks about our sin being washed away, it's not just talking about a list of the things that we have done. At the cross, Jesus took the sin that's been done to us as well. The shame and the pain that we experience because of what we've done and the shame and the pain that we experience because of what others have done as well. Sometimes we are the perpetrators of bad things in this world. And sometimes we're the victims of bad things in this world as well. So we do sin and we suffer from sin. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus died for both and he wants to heal both in our lives. Okay, four minutes left. Point number five, and this one is a little bit theological. Baptism is what is called a sacrament like communion. And a sacrament has three unique features to it. It's something Jesus told us to do. It's something we physically participate in, something we do, something that we act out. And it's something that has spiritual significance because God himself promises to come and be present in it in a special way. So although it looks like just something that is going on physically, there is something special going on spiritually as well. God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit meet with us in a special way. 
just like the Father and the Spirit met with Jesus in a special way when he was baptised. And the technical term for this is that God's blessing is mediated to us through the sacrament. In other words, it is the delivery vehicle for God to bring blessing into our lives. And what's true in baptism, which we do just the once, is also true in communion, that Jesus encouraged us to do all of the time. And then finally, point number six. When we are baptised, we are not baptised into nothing. It's not just a private thing between me and God. We're baptised into something, the body of Christ, which is, of course, the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free. Different ethnicities and different life circumstances. But we've all been baptised into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Sharing the same Holy Spirit means that we have something in common that transcends race and culture and social status and life circumstances because we have that someone in common. And the Bible uses this picture of a body to emphasise the fact that even though we are by nature all different, we are meant to be joined to each other, just like fingers and toes and arms and legs are joined to our physical bodies. God wants us to share life together, not just to share an hour and a quarter on Sunday mornings together. It's a picture of us being permanently connected and intimately connected to a group of people who all have Jesus in common. So time's up. Here's one last quick reminder of those six points. Baptism is part of becoming a Christian. It's a command and it's for everyone. Baptism should happen straight away. Look, here's some water. Why can't I be baptised? Answer, you can. Even Jesus was baptised. If it was the right thing for him, how much more is it the right thing for us? In baptism, we are dying to our old life without Jesus and we're being resurrected to a new life with Jesus. Baptism demonstrates that we are under new management. Baptism is a sacrament. God meets with us. The presence of God is with us in a special way when we do it. And then last but not least, we're not being baptised into nothing. It's not just a private arrangement between me and God. We're being baptised into something, the body of Christ. We are meant to be joined to each other in the church, just as much as arms and legs are joined to a body. Church was never supposed to be something that we just go to.